Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Mac and Forth Show. My name's Cole Madden and we're here once again to talk about the week's Apple and tech related news and joining me as always is my little trio of, what shall I call you? <laughs> Minions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Starting off with Minion 1, Alan. Alan Vickers, how are you sir? <laughs> I'm alright Cole, thank you very much. Yeah, not too bad. I've had a, a fairly boring week really, but I did, um, I did go ahead and order a HomePod in the end. Just have to announce that here. I, I, I am still thinking though about the. <laughs> I'm still thinking about the uh, the returns policy thing. It's 14 <laughs> days, isn't it? I think I said 28 day last week, but I've got 14 days to evaluate it, see if it fits in with my life, and then uh, I think I'll end up keeping it though because I do I do love music, and I do subscribe to Apple Music, and I like listening to music in the kitchen, and I think it's going to be far better than my. Uh, my echo in there so yeah i'm quite looking forward to it <laughs> should hope so <laughs> yeah it better have be for 320 yes. quid <clears throat> oh dear yes yes well we'll come back to that in a second uh mm. i know someone else has probably ordered one this week as well dean murphy how are you sir yep i'm doing good i've been waiting patiently all week for this home pod to to come it's it's always the annoying gap when you order it and you gotta wait two weeks for it to arrive Especially when like you're used to Amazon, you know, next day delivery and prime and everything. <laughs> not recently <Yeah>. for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh no, not for you. No, you you're having a lot of trouble with them. But um yeah, so I'm just patiently waiting for them to arrive. While waiting for them, I have made my HomePod playlist, which is a I've tried to limit myself to one song per artist and just pick some of my favourite songs and favourite artists of um songs I want to listen to on it. So I've got a nice little playlist ready to go on it. <laughs> Um, Dean shared that playlist with us. It's massive. It is so long. I don't think, Dean, within 14 days, you're not going to get to the end of it. So it's um, it's about eight or nine hours long. <laughs> I went a little bit overboard. There's, there's some songs like 10, 15 minutes long, like Free Bird and Stairway to Heaven and Hotel California and stuff. <laughs> good stuff good stuff yeah. it's compulsory isn't it to play hotel california on the home pod if you don't play hotel california at least once a week apparently it, it <laughs> turns itself off <laughs> i'd be queuing up pink floyd i think straight out of the boat there you go um also join us this week as ever steve sorry sorry but watched your name straight away Stephen leach how are you sir i'm very good thanks carl um pleased to be here again it's been a busy week um and um, it's nice to hit the weekend and uh, think about relaxing and having a couple of beers. Steve, you're a regular now, apart from that Saturday when you have to work, of course. Yes. <laughs> um, um, yeah, hopefully we can get around that as well at some, some, some point. But Yes. We'll see. We'll see. Did you order one by any chance? Did you order a HomePod? Uh, we ordered one for the company. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be here uh, this coming Friday. Uh, I also set up a one from Sonos this week. The uh, Amazon one. I, I nearly said the name there. Um, and uh, I've got to say, I was a little bit underwhelmed with the uh, Amazon integration on it. It's uh, not full featured. No. Um, you uh, there's there's a lot of things missing, like uh, like the drop in and calling features. Um, so uh, if you're thinking of buying a Sonos uh, with the built in Amazon. Um, you uh, want to check your facts first because uh, hmm. you might not be getting the experience that you think you're getting. Mm. Yeah, I had something similar. As I, as I mentioned last week's show, I, I went to my girlfriend's and I started to. I tried to set up a house, automate her house with with the Echo and and the Google Home. And I was trying to. I was trying for ages to try and get the the Echo to play nice with the Fire TV. And I was going, it's just not working. It's just not what. What the hell is going on? So then I went online and I did a bit of research, and the stuff apparently to control the Fire TV from the Echo, is the US only. And I'd been looking for ages. And apparently I was looking through some forums and it had appeared for a type for like a day and then it had been taken away again, which was which was most frustrating <laughs> considering how long I'd just spent on trying to get the darn thing to work. And of course, you go to the Amazon, Amazon's rep website and it tells you how to do it on there, but then it doesn't work. It's not there. It's, it's a weird Ooh. thing. So unless anyone knows any better than I do, then and please shoot me a, a message to, to how to do it. But by firstly, like I was setting up the home as well with the Chromecast stuff, and that was flawless. That just worked so well on, on both devices I put it on. I put it on two TVs, and now you can say, um, you know, finger, finger Google, <laughs> um, play, I don't know, the crown on living room telly or bedroom telly, and, and it works. 
It's fantastic. Mm. It's good. Mm. I've also uh, finally had a chance to play in my Amazon spot as well. And I've got to say, that's my favorite Echo device so far. It's, it's, okay, it's a bit creepy because it's got a little camera on it and it's always watching me. But as I said the other week, more for (laughs) them. Um, but uh, no, it, it's it's great. I love the little notifications. I love the little display, all the little things it does. When the timer gets down, there's a little graphical representation of these balls coming on, and it finally count, counts down to the last few moments. Uh, when it goes into do not disturb mode at night, it goes a different color, like you're on red alert <laughs> or something like that. Um, and it's it's a really nice d- device. And the alarms, I've used that. I'm now using that as my alarm clock rather than my 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 iPhone because the waking alarms are so gentle it sort of ease you out of sleep rather than <laughs> wake up <laughs> <laughs> you don't start with a Def Leppard playlist then no day. no you can't you can't <laughs> set, I think you can set that up I can't remember that. but uh, yeah it's 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 a lovely little device it's you know I mean if the HomePod is everything Apple are claiming it to be I, I will not I'll be getting it as well as the Echo it won't be. I won't be throwing out any echoes over it. It'll be just an addition. But uh, it is still fun. I'm still seeing lots of reports about people who have never heard this thing sagging it off already. I love these reports. What I just think, idiot. As soon as I, <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I see them, I mean, I don't. I, any, normal people can have their you know opinion. That's fine. But if you're printing something for an organisation, just shut up, right? You, nobody knows what this thing. You can anyone can have an opinion, but once you start sharing it and forcing it onto other people, that's not right. The delivery date on online is still 9th of Feb, so you know you can still go and order one and get one on, on day one. So they're certainly it's not sold out by any means. People are just biding their time, aren't they? A lot of people are waiting to hear. Yeah. The real reviews and hear it for themselves, maybe before they commit to the, which is the sensible thing to do, to be honest. When, and that's what I would do if it wasn't for the for the return period. But as that was as the return period, and there's also also the the, um, the the slack that you give Apple with these things. If you've been with Apple for a while and they haven't let you down, and your iPhone hasn't blown up or anything like this, you tend to give them the benefit of the doubt initially, anyway. Yeah. Um, and that's why we're normally so keen to order something sight unseen. It's just this one's listening. <laughs> so it's a new product line, <clears throat> as far as I can, you know. And, and the first attempt at a speaker many, many years ago wasn't that big a deal, even though they're still pretty hard to get a hold of on eBay, because I've tried. But uh, the AirPods were wonderful. I bought them unheard. And and if it wasn't for the price that is slightly out of my comfort zone, I would have I would have laid down the cash for this already as well. Yeah. I see a, a news report this morning that said that Apple employees can get them half price for the first two months. Mm-hmm. I think apparently I didn't realise that, but it's something they did with the watch as well when the watch was first released. Employees could get them half price. So I wish I knew someone that worked <laughs> in an Apple store. I could have saved myself <laughs> 160 quid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's 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 of course people so again I've already seen some reports saying, Oh yeah, they're 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 not selling them. This is why they're knocking them out to the employees at fifty percent. But the real reason is just like the watch, is they do that so they can try and get their staff to become familiar with the device, apparently. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true, but that's that's a good spin on it, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. I bet they're I bet they're not allowed to pass them on to family members or other members of the public. Um, and Apple would know because you have to join it to your Apple ID, don't you? So, yeah, yeah. It's part of the uh, conditions that you're not allowed to give it away or sell it within the first year. Yeah, I saw <laughs> online. That's all. <laughs> Otherwise, the Apple uh, the Apple security team bust through your windows like like you know like a SWAT team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be an interesting metric, actually, in one year to see yeah. how many Apple employees sell this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not surprised it's not selling out on the store because it's such a niche product. Product. I mean, firstly, you've got to have an Apple device to sell it up mm-hmm. anyway. And then you've got to be have an Apple Music account as well to use it properly. And then you've got to have 300, what is it, 20 quid on hip to, to buy it. I'm not surprised that these these parameters, I mean, but they've, they've done it before. As you mentioned, the Apple Watch is exactly the same. There's no point having an Apple Watch unless you really had an iPhone. You could hook it up to an Android device, but it wasn't, it was a bit rubbish, really, because the, the, the systems didn't weren't compatible that much. And don't forget, they've um, it was delayed mostly due to software for a couple of months. So there's probably a bit more supply on the hardware side of it that's built up. Oh. Yeah, I am. I am <clears throat> looking forward to what Apple plans to do with the HomePod because obviously, unlike unlike um, Google and 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 Amazon, 
they they pushed out their first 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 devices and they were they were great assistants but they weren't very good speakers on the whole whereas apple has pushed out supposedly a really good speaker time will tell um and i feel <clears throat> it's just the software that they need to update moving forward and they can do that you know on on in the back on the backroom servers and things like this and add services later on without necessarily having to redo the entire product line again. Yeah. The, the, the main criticism I've seen it getting um, before people have got their hands on it is the fact that there's no other way to get music to play out of it other than, um, you know, Apple music or Apple or the iTunes online music library thing, whatever that's called or, or airplay. In other words, there's no line in Jack, no physical line in and no Bluetooth either, which is perhaps the bigger surprise because it does support Bluetooth five, but not for, um, not as a speaker, it doesn't. So I'm not sure if that's something they can change with software in the future or whether they just intend for it to be a, a closed Apple ecosystem device. And that's it. That's what it's role in life is. Well, we had, we had a piece of email in uh, from John uh, Manwaring about this, or Manwaring. Manwaring. I'm, not, I'm never sure how to pronounce his name. <laughs> Stupid boy. Exactly. That's why I get confused. <laughs> Thanks to Dad's Army. Um, so John writes, over the years, I've built up a large CD music library, around 80 gig. Bloody hell, that's a huge... <laughs> uh, later on, I lost countless hours ripping CDs to hard hard uh, hard disks before selling to Matt Music Magpie. You're not meant to do that. You're not meant to sell your CDs after you've... Anyway, <clears throat> I'm more than happy with what I bought and don't see the point of paying 120 uh, quid per annum for Apple Music. Unfortunately, it seems that the HomePod can only play music streamed via an, an Apple Music subscription or possibly Music Match subscription, which is true now, they've discovered. Um, I can't access locally held material, no parts unlimited, no ports unlimited Bluetooth, according to the blogs I've read. That's also true. Hmm. So it's um, it's uh, home home play. What's it called? <laughs> Airplay, airplay. Uh, uh, is this just another way for Apple to increase its revenue from music subscription sales? I would have liked a device which is able to play any music held either in the cloud or locally. Maybe in version two, Tim Cook will stand up and say, now you can listen to all your music, no matter where it's stored or who you originally bought it from, or maybe <laughs> not. Anyway, thanks again for a show. Stay healthy and happy, John. Thank you very much for that, John. Um, yeah, he's right. It's definitely got limitations out of the gate. Um, well, I think uh, doesn't the Apple Music subscription uh, have match functionality built in? Yeah, yeah it, does. it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you should be able to play everything that's in your library, at least at least those things that have matched. Um, so uh, when he when he's talking about playing back local stuff, does does he actually mean just music that's on his on his computer? Yeah, that it sound, that's how I get the the idea of of what he meant. So yeah, it's going to have yeah. to be AirPlay initially, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and you can use you know, on your handheld iPhone. You can use the remote app, can't you, to to control your iTunes music library locally, wherever it is, you know, on a server somewhere, or on your on your iMac upstairs, or whatever. So yeah. it's a, it's a bit more clumsy, but you can do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is clearly designed mainly for for Apple Music subscribers, of which I'm a happy one. And by the way, I I would not pay 120 pound a year for Apple Music, and I don't. <laughs> I said you, you don't need. No one needs to do that. You can. You can get a year's subscription for £99, and then if you get your discounted iTunes cards, you end up getting it for £85. So that's just over £7 a month, so I think that's a bargain. I need to get a saving, a savings jingle for you, Alan, somewhere. <laughs> I, I, need it, I need it on my soundboard, something that I'm not sure I could use. but <laughs> The creaking sound of a wallet reluctantly <laughs> opening. <laughs> but yes, you're absolutely right. If you, you can get it cheaper than, than what they want you to pay. Um, yeah, I think a line in would be nice mm. on the AirPod, um, HomePod rather. But Bluetooth, I'm glad that they don't. Su- I can see why they don't support Bluetooth out of the box, as in connecting a device via Bluetooth. Having got a Bluetooth speaker, it's just so clumsy just to like change devices or to do anything with, I guess. Whereas, I think also uh, it's, uh, uh, yeah, sorry, Air, I was going to say just AirPlay is just seamless, especially with AirPlay two coming. It's just a seamless mm-hmm. experience, no matter what device you're using. Yeah, I was just going to say. I think Bluetooth as well is a compressed um, streaming format as well, so uh, you're you, you're always going to lose some quality over over a Bluetooth 
connection. It is, yeah. It converts and compresses the files on the fly. So yeah, and if and if, if you're comparing this to other, you know, high end music systems, uh, yeah. you have to go up into the higher end of Sonos. Uh, before you get any line in, um, and they don't support Bluetooth either. Uh, you can pay directly from an iPhone via the Sonos app, um, but that, that's over Wi-Fi. Yeah. Mentioned high-end as well. I've seen a few reviews come from audio-type uh, publications as well, and they're saying what Apple's doing here is also in speakers that cost thousands of pounds. So, this, again, I'm really interested in hearing what this thing sounds like. Unfortunately, I live in a small small room with with thin walls so i'm never gonna be able to turn it up yeah, i've been reading a lot of what um Rene ritchie from imore has been writing about this because he's the way he's describing it and the way a lot of people are describing it it's like having the artist be performing in your living room yeah. and it does all this manipulation to the to how it projects the sound and then when i think when i've seen some audio files give it really good reviews i'm thinking don't they prefer it to be more natural sounding and Mm-hmm. you know an untouched audio source but it seems like apple music's adding all its dimensions to the music mm. i can tell well yeah i've got mixed feelings about that as well because in some ways I, I like to listen to you know what the artist and the producer intended you to hear you know and they're, they're probably assuming you've got a, a stereo system pretty much aren't they that's what still the most common piece of hi-fi presumably is a stereo setup of some sort or other and if um anything that tries to electronically um, mess with that sound and project it elsewhere and give you a sound stage and that is, I mean, it could be good. It could, it could sound great, but it's probably not what the artist and the pr- production team intended. Mm. Well, of course, two yeah. of you. Sorry, Con. I, I was going to say, uh, just going back to that, the, um, yeah, yeah. You know, songs are, most songs are made for, for a stereo mix, but this completely redefines what a stereo mix is. It's yeah. making more like 3D sound. And so I've got um, on my playlist, just to plug the playlist again, I've got a few mono tracks on there as well from I think the Beatles and Rolling Stones. So I'll see how a mono track compares to a stereo track in this yeah. uh, soundscape. Plus, it can't do stereo. <laughs> no, no. Not I mean, box. even if you, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it can't. But, but even if you've got two HomePods in that stereo mode, if you've got the new software, it's not. You've got HomePod for the left channel, you've got HomePod yeah. for the right channel. That's not how it works at all. Yeah. It just widens the soundscape a bit more, which I don't quite understand what that means, but I'm looking forward to finding out. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? From the diagrams and everything they've written, it, none of none of it makes any sense. You, you don't, un, you can't, we can't understand what they're what they're trying to explain to us. The way it's supposedly separate, I can't see how that can be. But we'll wait and see. This is obviously probably. This might be one of the reasons why they didn't put it on a stage uh, and show it off, because there's no point. They can just list loads of stats, but they can do exactly the same thing on, on a website. Phil Schiller can come up and say this, that, and the other, but at the end of the day, you have to wait until you hear it yourself to, 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 to make that judgment. And and I don't know, it, it seems it seems that they've not stumbled, but it, it's such a weird way of launching this product. I've never known them to launch a product like this before in this manner, where they sort of gave us a peek at last year's WWDC uh, and then went very, very quiet about it. And then as we got closer and closer to December when it was meant to come out, they said, oh, no, we're pushing it to next year. And then they just release it. It's just out, the, you know, just suddenly it was updated on the website and now it's out there. There's no fan, there's literally no fanfare for this thing by by Apple itself. I mean, I know they've produced a few adverts now, which again, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand how they're promoting it. They're basically showing the word HomePod and using various sound waves as it hits the the logo. But again, it it's, it doesn't matter because every single thing that you're listening to this this advert on is through speakers that you currently have. This thing is. It's, I gotta say, it's a hard sell unless you yeah. go into a store that is specifically set up, acoustically set up, like a lot of these high-end uh, hi-fi stores, to listen to it in a dead room. Then it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. And and no, I'm not li- gonna listen to anyone who hasn't heard it for their opinion because it's a wasted opinion as far as I'm concerned. Price, okay, fair enough. You can take too do too expensive. But unless you've heard it, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bother taking anyone's, you know, comments yeah. on board. It's a, it's a pointless exercise. It makes you wonder how they're gonna show it off inside Apple stores yeah, as exactly. well, because they're just big, uh, huge caverns, aren't now, they? Now they do. Some of these newer stores do have back rooms because if you remember when, when the um, the watch came out, the gold edition, they were taking people out back 
to have a listen. Do you remember that? Oh, have a have a play of their new gold watch as it was bought in and unpacked, and they could try it on. Do you remember those stories? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there yeah, are rooms. More of a more of a security concern than anything else, but True. yeah, they can. Um, uh, they've got rooms where they do. Uh, some stores have like kind of classrooms as well, um, and I guess they could convert those spaces to uh, demo this uh, HomePod speaker. Um, but I wonder if they'll outfit all the stores with uh, with HomePods as as their main uh, sound system as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I say, it's it's a weird one. We don't know. We don't. We'll. I guess we'll find out next Friday when they go on sale, and then next Saturday's show, you guys can, can give us your reviews. So, are you going to probably get yours next week as well, Steve, in the shop? Yeah, it should be in Friday. So uh, we'll set it up as soon as it comes in. I'm going to be the only. What what's happening to the world? I'm going to be the only one <laughs> who hasn't got a new thing. This is completely unprecedented, Carl. Jeez. I don't think it's ever been a product release where you haven't been the first in the queue. Yeah. Damn you, Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> oh well, oh well. Um, whatever you do, at least you lot are going to give Apple some money. That was, that was seamless, wasn't it? <laughs> Apple has <laughs> need to help them out, don't we? That's it. Moving on. Apparently, oh, uh, here we go. The earnings call, or the earnings boast, as far as I'm concerned. Apple has previously said they expected uh, to earn between $84 billion and $87 billion in revenue. They actually reached and reported $88.3 billion, of which $20.1 billion is profit. Oh, my God. There's <laughs> <laughs> something obscene about that amount of money, I guess. Oh, dear. Apparently, Apple sold in the last quarter... 77.3 million iPhones, 13.2 million iPads, and 5.1 million Macs. Um, so they're going to be around for a little while longer, apparently. Um, it was, it was, it's, it's, however, of course, as soon as they announced these results, the, the, um, the Wall Street gave them a bit of a dunking. I think they lost 2%. On, on their price, yeah, which well, is just the way... 3% in the end. Was it? I mean, it was only about three weeks ago, I think it was, the share price was $185. And as of uh, last night, it was 160 <laughs> It's just crashed, completely crashed. Not not on these um, results. I mean, these, these results for the previous quarter are fantastic and beat expectations across the board. But it, apparently it's because of their... Um, their projections for the next quarter, mm. which are lower than expected. And then, of course, the stock markets always think about the future, don't they? So, That's yeah. It. It, yeah. Well, I thought uh, the, most interesting, the most interesting stat that came out of that quarter was about the iPhone 10, wasn't it? Because all those rumours we've been reading about all week last week and for the past fortnight, really, about how iPhone 10 was a failure and uh, they were going to cut... Um, but their their quantities being built because it wasn't that successful. It turns out it was their their top selling phone every week in that quarter. Every week, every single week, it was their best selling phone. Now, although because the revenue, because the amount of the revenue was up on the amount of phones they sold, the actual amount were down on the previous uh, time last year. Um, a lot of a lot of sites seized on this piece of news, saying, "Oh, look, they're failing. <laughs> they're not selling as much." <laughs> Forgetting to acknowledge that the rest of the telephone market, the mobile market, had also dropped. <laughs> yeah, and uh, last year there, there was fourteen weeks in this quarter. Yeah. So, and and in those fourteen weeks, they sold just a few more phones, like about a million more phones, I think, than uh, than this quarter, which has only got thirteen weeks. And when you look at the average sales per week. This was far better quarter. So, yeah, lots of ways. If you want to spin some bad news, there are ways to to find to do it, aren't there? Oh, and yeah. if you want to spin the good news, well, that's what like Luca Mestri and Tim Cook do because they whatever the stat is, they find the best possible way to to describe that stat, don't they? So, uh, but uh, you, there's no way you could argue that this is anything other than a fantastic quarter across the across the line, apart from maybe for Max because Max genuinely did dip a little bit, didn't they, mm-hmm. year on year? But then again, last year it was the new um, the new MacBook Pros, wasn't it, with the the new Touch Bar and all that. So the, a lot of people have been holding out for those and finally bought Macs. Whereas this year there's been nothing too exciting apart from my Mac Pro, which was too late really to move the needle on this. It is it is they are amazing figures. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to hover too long on this because. They're obnoxious. As, as me being a bit of a lefty, <laughs> they're obnoxious <laughs> figures for one company to earn. But uh, yeah, whatever. Um, so uh, we also got Apple Watch, AirPods, and and the various other wearables that Apple sell. That they increase seventy percent as well in in their growth. So they're doing something right there as well. They're 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 selling these products uh, uh, rather than all the doom and gloom that we read in certain 
tech blogs and from certain broadcasters, they, they are selling these devices consistently. Yeah. Well, AirPods were quite heavily um, supply constrained until I think about the middle of last year, yeah. mm-hmm. I think from December all the way through to July time. So, yeah, I can see that um, bumping sales up quite a bit. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird... And actually, if you think about it, Apple Watch is basically the only smartwatch left, it seems to me, in the smartwatch wars. I mean, other companies have got a little bit of a, a show now, but compared to the landscape a year or so ago, when everybody seemed to have a smartwatch, Apple Watch is the only one that's left. And I think that's because they focused in on what they actually wanted to be after a few iterations and decided they want to be a fitness device, an expensive fitness device. But fortunately, it's not just a fitness device. It can also do other things as well. Yeah. Plus, since adding uh, cellular, to, cellular, I can't pronounce that word, cellular to it, mm-hmm. um, a lot of mobile phone companies have started offering them, you know, a free Apple Watch on contract for mm. you know, 10, 15 pounds a month or whatever it costs. So that broadens how many people uh, don't want to make that initial, uh, you know, 300, 400 pound outlay and can get it monthly. So that, I think it's a much that, more mainstream well, device it. now. Um, the, yeah. There's so, there's so many people with them out in, out in the wild now um, that people are used to seeing them and you know people aren't scared of them and that's that's got to drive sales up as well i think yeah when i used to use my apple watch to pay for things in the shop i used to go oh can you pay on your watch oh that's that's new what's that gadget you've got and now the um the the, the woman in my local co-op i think she's must be in her 50s um She's got her Apple Watch. She goes, oh, yeah, I love it. I love paying on my watch as well. It's uh, very, very handy. It's, it's only it's only uh, Dover. Yeah. I get that now. It's only Dover. <laughs> I'm not saying anything about Dover. I'm just saying I went into a pub <laughs> this past week, and you went, that's amazing. I went, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it gets out there. People use it, people see it, and then people want it. Yeah. It's uh, kind of a marketing. Yeah, I mean, it is, I, I, you know, the only thing that warms my heart, the cockles of my heart with this story, is the fact that they're still selling things. They're still producing things, which is going to make them want to make more, obviously, because they want to keep that, that uptick going, because that's what Wall Street demands, for God's sake. They need their profits. I was watching something on YouTube, I think it was. Now, hear me out before you... <laughs> and it was, it was do, going into the... When... Um, GoPro launched on 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 a stock exchange, and all the mistake, all the th- problems that came to GoPro after it had done that, because the market demands its profits, and it found it harder and harder. I mean, it was going for about ten years, and it was fine, and it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And as soon as they launched their what is it IPO, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everything just went wrong from that moment on because the market wanted results, 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 and of course they couldn't produce. Or they started to diversify, and that caused even bigger problems. They wanted to become a media company, and that created bigger problems. They bought in various people from, I think, one guy from Microsoft, and that created more problems. And it's just, it's just gone down and down and down. Until now, apparently, they're looking to be bought because they basically, the company's on its last legs. Now, I don't know if that's true because I don't really follow GoPro. But it's a, it's it's a, it's a scary fact that as soon as they launched, you know, because the market demanded that they make money, they started losing money because they panicked. Mm. And it was a very short space of time. It was, it was doing really well, not as well as Apple, obviously. Mm. But it's a, it's, a, it's a scary prospect of once you put your, yourself out there on the stock, stock market, they demand results. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not something that necessarily interests us as users, but it is, it's, it's kind of there in the back of them, you know, our mind because they dictate what goes on. And yeah. it, it, can, it can be quite scary. Uh, now, during the earnings report, Tim Cook took the opportunity, following a question from an investor, to state that he did not care if the battery replacement surface ate into upgrade iPhone sales. He said, uh, we did not consider what the battery program would do for upgrade rates. Sitting here now, I don't know how I, how how it will impact upgrades. We did it because we saw it as the right thing to do for our customers. The effect on upgrades was not in our thoughts process in deciding what to do. Yeah. I think, if anything, the battery replacement program is going to be a boost for the second-hand market yeah. uh, more than anything else because, you know, uh, people who are looking to get rid of their phones, uh, they can get a new battery in it for 25 quid, um, and then, uh, you know, that increases its uh, second-hand value, in my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's right. They'll hand it down to the family, probably, when they get a new battery in it and give it to someone else in the family. And, um, yeah, what what entices people to buy the new phones is the new the new capabilities, isn't it, rather than dissatisfaction with their old phone so i think uh, this isn't gonna have much of an impact at all i think i think the stuff i hand down <laughs> in my family goes about four generations down 
before by then whoever's whoever's the last one in that chain doesn't normally look after it very well and the screen gets broken and things like that so <laughs> so it does last a long long time after i mean i'm the only one that keeps it for a year everybody else keeps it a bit longer but uh yeah so but yeah if if, if they can go in i can't remember who's got my my six or six plus actually i have to look i think it's my mum. but uh yeah, if they can go in and get their batteries replaced, is it is it no questions asked at the moment? Is they just going to replace them? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, they will. They will still do a test when you go in. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I don't think they're refusing replacements, even if your test says that you don't need a battery replacement. Uh, yeah. Well, by the way, remember I said I was going to get um, an iFixit battery replacement for oh, my yes. wife's five S. I, I did order one. Uh, I think it was about twenty nine pound in the end delivered. And it came, and I opened it up, and it looks fine. And then I looked again at the online video guides and the photographic guides, and I'm just I'm too scared to do it. <laughs> it looks so complicated. I just know I'm going to wreck her phone. So it's on a shelf at the moment. <laughs> oh, go on. You've you got to do it. you got to do it. you got to give it a go. But one thing we noticed was when she upgraded to iOS 11. Was it? 2.5, I think it was. Um, the battery problems have been been better she's been getting like a steady a steady day's worth of battery out of it again it's not jumping around from 40 percent to, to cutting off coming back at one percent and all that daft stuff that's all gone away since she upgraded the os so maybe i've got a few weeks later i can put off the inevitable scary job of trying to replace the battery well won't the next update give you that that switch not in the 5s apparently no. i think it's only going to be sixes and sevens where they've got that that's uh potential software to downgrade your performance if needed it's only in the sixes and sevens yeah they've not included that feature the processing feature in the uh previous devices such as the 5s yeah hmm. um we're talking about free repairs or, or next to free repairs apple has said it will offer free repairs and reimbursement past repair on past repair bills for iphone 7s's that suffer from an airplane mode glitch the glitch was reported in september 2016 and caused phones that had been in airplane mode to have trouble reconnecting to cellular service apple said the problem was due to a failed component on the device's main logic board so again although it took them a while to acknowledge this all the way back in 2016 at least they're again they're acknowledging there's a problem because enough people reported it and they're going to fix it free of charge that's good yeah, I think um, App- Apple um, support sometimes gets a bit of a bad rap, but uh, from my experience, uh, they do seem to be fair, and they always seem to put their hands up if they find uh, a problem that does go back into history. So, um, you know, for example, if people have been replacing a battery in a in a MacBook and and paying for it, and then Apple sub- subsequently find uh, that there was a problem, uh, they will refund those people. So. Uh, they, they yeah. do seem to be pretty fair. And how do they do that? Do they, no, they do that because they know the account, because they've obviously got records? or uh, Yeah, so uh, when when you submit your device in for repair, Apple does, uh, they make us gather uh, all the information about the end user, um, including an email address. Um, so, yeah, they can go back through their records and email people. Um, so, yeah, it was like a little while back there was a... A hard drive replacement program for IMAX uh, for a one terabyte drive and um, they sent out emails to end users um, to say that this uh, scheme was available um, and you've got so much time to take advantage of it um, but uh, yeah otherwise I think they just try to put out you know kind of press releases and and hope that people who didn't get the emails mm. uh, pick that up. Now I'm a bit confused because this this piece says in the headline and in most of the story says iPhone 7 and then halfway through it says iPhone 7S. So I'm not sure if it's both models or just the one. But um, that's Business Insider for you. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, yeah. But it's good anyway. Again, if there's a fault for your phone, this is why you should always report them. Just because if enough people report them, they obviously know there's an issue somewhere. So it helps everybody out. Just thinking, there, there, there isn't a 7S. Wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was was like, yeah, exactly. Seven. <laughs> You're right. I was thinking it was a bit weird. I just... I was thinking, what one was the 7S? I don't remember having that one. <laughs> Again, I'm going to blame Business Insider because it's early in the morning and I've got a hangover. So that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Are you sure they weren't just saying sevens? <laughs> well, no, there's no apostrophe. <laughs> or have, there's no, yeah, no, well. But uh, I don't know. But anyway, it's good you can get replaced for another fault that's been developed. At least they're not blowing up yet. That's the good thing. Um, 
The film by Steven Sodenberg, Unsafe, Unsane even, shot on an iPhone and scheduled for release on March 23, is now has a trailer available over there on YouTube and, and various other sites. Um, the filmmaker was so impressed with the results he got that he, estate, he, may, he may use phones to shoot his movies moving forward. He said, I've, I'd have to have a pretty good reason not to be thinking about that. There's a philosophical obstacle a lot of people have about the size of the capture device. I don't have that problem. I look at this as the potentially one of the most liberating experiences that I've ever had as a filmmaker and that I continue having. Uh, the gets that I felt, the gets that I felt, the gets that I felt moment to moment were so significant that this is to me a new chapter. Um, I don't know. Have you had a chance to, to look at the trailer guys? It's in the link there. I did. Yeah. Um, I couldn't get over the weirdness of seeing Queen Elizabeth II speaking with an American accent. <laughs> I didn't even realise that was her until you pointed that out. Yeah, it's, she doesn't look at all. It's, it's Claire Foy, for those that don't know, the, uh, the, the plays the Queen in, uh, in The Crown on Netflix. And instead of that kind of clipped, um, posh English accent that she does for Queen Elizabeth, she's just talking very naturally in an American accent, and she looks very different as well. But uh, yeah, aside from that, it looks like a good premise the film looks like it'd be worth a watch i think i was wondering if you didn't know that was shot on an iphone would you <laughs> would you know because some shots look a bit grainy but i don't know if that's because the director wanted it and, and always whenever i see these things i do chuckle a little bit because it makes it sound like you can go out of your phone switch mm -hmm. it to camera video mode and shoot and that's not they've got big rigs they've got massive mics you know to still capture the audio they've got lighting to, to produce like fantastic results and, and then of course they process it all through the same means like to color correction and and adding various things to make it look like like they do i mean it's great that it starts off with a fantastic capture and they can then play about with that image as much as they want to produce the results they want but it's just it's always reported as yeah if you just go of your iphone or your android phone or whatever and shoot you can be the next director and i suppose some some people with talent can but most of us can't yeah. <laughs> he was going to uh, originally film it on samsung galaxies but he would have had to call it unsafe oh, <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> well done sir <laughs> see you're fitting right yeah. in Steve well done <laughs> the biggest thing I noticed <laughs> the biggest thing I noticed looking at the trailer is this there's no depth to a lot of shots it's mm. it's not got that you know that shallow depth of field that a lot of films have you know it's focused on the main character and the background's blurred out so it's um, mm. every shot is just kind of mind you just flat looks that's like, all flat mind you flat. wasn't that how um Kubrick filmed a lot of his stuff like that as well, strange enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just an observation. Um, mm. I would like to see like a making of, like, you know, I don't know if there's like a, you know. Oh, there will be. DVD extras. Yeah, just to see exactly, you know, what apps they used to record it and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm assuming they didn't use the cameras out. They would have used a professional grade. Have have you ever seen, have you ever seen, sorry, have you ever seen when they used to do those shot on, shot, we shot this advert on an iPhone? And they always, they can't help but make, oh, look how clever we are. Look, we're going to show you how we did it. And then I'll show this massive rig with this massive yeah. lens on the front of, and this tiny little phone on this, in yeah. the middle of this big mount of, of God knows what else. I'm thinking, yeah, technically shot on a phone, but not really. <laughs> I remember a few years back, they shot, uh, I think it was like Paris Fashion Week or something like that, on uh, a rig of iPhone 5Ss. Mm -hmm. And it was just this big giant machine which held like several several iPhones in at the same time and it was all filming and lighting was great. Um, I mean, yeah, the iPhone camera is great. Yeah. And the, the main thing it needs, where it falls short, is when there's bad lighting. And if you're making a film, you know, you've got as many lights as you need in the right places. Yeah. But it's grain. As soon as you introduce grain, that's it. Game over. So uh, you need. I'm, I'm sure they wasn't using the native app <laughs> for this. Probably using something like Filmic Pro or something like that, where you can control yeah. the ISO and God knows what else. Yeah, I'd imagine so. And probably, I don't know. A lot of films record in like a more raw format, so they can have opportunity to you know color correct in post and color grade it in post mm -hmm. production. Um, yeah, Filmic Pro so offers that as well. It's fantastic. You, you, oh, it shoots okay. a totally okay. bland-looking image, and then you yeah. put it into Final Cut Pro or something like that, and you mess around with the color, the color settings, and it, it pops up because everything's basically flat, and it's wonderful. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. So, yeah, I wonder if, wonder if it was edited on an iPhone as well. 
Now, the, th- the thing is, I would have loved this. When I was young, and me and my mate was messing around with our video camera trying to make horror movies, I'd have loved one of these devices. I'm, I'm sure I've said it time and time again on this show. And I'm so jealous of the youth that they have these things <laughs> and they can go out and they can create like little mini masterpieces. Of course, they don't. They just sit on a bus playing bloody Candy Crush or something. I don't know. Not all of them, <laughs> I know, but most of them. But uh, it, it's 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 so frustrating that I didn't have any of this technology when I was when I was younger. That's, that's yeah. Oh. Pretty much all you had was the pause button, wasn't it? That was your edit. <laughs> I remember. I remember we shot this long thing. Uh, I tried to do um, a table. There was a, there. I was trying to do um, a meeting, and it was like they were haggling, haggling about a contract uh, for this this mission that they were going to go on. And I was trying to do the circle and around the table, getting other people's faces, but then cross-matching it with the person they were talking to on the other side. And I had to do it in various takes. And then I came, and I'm, <laughs> I remember this cr- crappy copy machine, which you had two machines, and then you press this button, and one would, like, grab the tape to hold it, pause it, and then you press the other one, and it would play, and then you'd release the other one to record what you were playing, to, so you could get it. As, as correct as you could do it and i think literally 90 seconds of video took me about three hours to cut in this fashion <laughs> it was an absolute flipping nightmare it was and i still wasn't happy with results afterwards yeah <laughs> whereas now cut 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 cut, cut paste 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 done oh well oh, in this well. past week did you see that i think it was a daring fireball post i saw where there'd um there'd been awards given to four I think it was four short films by teenagers and they were all shot on iPhone and using Apple gear to edit as well. Final Cut Pro, I think they used as well. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the one I saw was about a, a little kid who found a, a kind of magical cardboard box. When he went and sat inside this box, he would be transported to other worlds and he would have this little mini adventure. The whole thing only lasted about five minutes, six minutes, but it's the kind of thing, Carl, you're talking about like that. He would have been like you, but, but, on a, a couple of couple of three decades on, where the technology has moved to such a stage where he's now using really high quality capture devices that are just in his pocket, and then fantastic uh, pro quality software on his Mac back at home. In fact, it was a girl actually. I don't know why I'm saying him. It was a girl that did it. It's worth looking out the post to see what what the kids of today are able to produce that we were never able to do. Well, it makes a change from happy slapping, doesn't it? I suppose. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> oh dear. Well, it's good. It's good to know there's some still creativity being put together out there. Oh, thank you for the link in in our little room there. Um, now, macOS server is going to take a bit of a hit. Apparently, Apple has issued a support document detailing a list of features that will they will purge from macOS server pretty soon. It states, macOS server is changing to focus more on management of computers, devices, and storage on your network. As a result, some changes are coming in how server works. A number of services will be deprecated and will be hidden on new installations of an update to macOS server coming in spring 2018. If you already configured one of these services, you'll still be able to use it in the spring of 2018 macOS server update. I'm not sure that makes sense, but okay. Uh, Featured lists Features listed that are being purged from basic installs of macOS server soon are calendar, contacts, DHCP, DNS, mail, messages, net install, VPN, websites, and wiki. Um, on, on, the, on, the, on the page they released, uh, Apple does list various replacements for each of these, however. But that's a bit sad, isn't it? I've never actually used macOS server, but I've been tempted a few times. Yeah, I think it is, uh, it is a bit of a shame to see this going away. Uh, they started deprecating it a couple of years back when they reduced it basically to, a, to an app in the Mac App Store uh, for 18 or 20 quid. You can buy the server app mm-hmm. and turn any, any Mac into a server. Because um, ba- basically what it does is it puts a, a GUI front end on services that are already there in, in every Mac installation. Um, so I'm not sure they're taking all these services away um, from within macOS, um, but they're they're taking away the the interface to configure them easily. Uh, but uh, yeah, I agree. It is a it is a shame they're going away. It's all they're almost only leaving files file sharing mm. uh, as as far as I can see. I think some of these uh, services are open source type um, installations that they are they were effectively curating for everybody, so they would make sure they got the latest um, versions of all these publicly available um, bits of functionality like calendar servers and contact servers and all that sort of stuff. And as you say, then putting a, a, a fancy front end on them, a nice user interface on them, 
I think they probably just concluded that that's just all too much effort for the, for the amount of sales they're getting. And people are free to still install all of these services if they want. Mm-hmm. And I suppose they're, they're thinking anyone that wants this stuff knows is, is technical enough to know how to do it. So we'll just tell you where, where to go and get the latest open source version to these services. Yeah, that's right. It's saying here the move will make macOS less uh, server less plug and play. So they're still going to be there, just not going to be easy to find on a new installation. So, yeah, with uh, macOS being based on uh, Unix, um, as Alan says, a lot of these services are are built into to Unix anyway. Uh, the mail server is Postfix, for example. Um, so uh, uh, that comes free with a lot of Linux distributions now as well. Mm. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's always going to be alternatives, but uh, it's a shame that Apple are, uh, are, are going all the way away from a uh, server market. So has this put you off, Dean? Because you was going to put server on one of your machines. Um, I've got a server on one of my machines. Oh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I downloaded a server app and to install Xcode server, and then found out that they took Xcode server out of the server app last year at WWDC or in the latest version of Xcode. So now it's built into Xcode itself. So there's a little box that says Xcode in the server app and it says go download the latest version of Xcode and use it there instead or something along them lines. Hmm. So um, no, it hasn't put me off using the server. It, it means I get to instead of mess around with Apple's UI, I can mess around with uh, Linux commands, which I'm probably a bit more familiar with if anything goes wrong. Because <laughs> I'm, uh, you sound really sure of that. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I know a fair, I've, I've used a fair bit of Unix systems in the past, like configuring servers and stuff. I used to do that a lot more, um, so I feel a bit more comfortable doing that. Because I tried to set up a VPN on the Apple server, I think it was probably a problem with my network more than anything, and. I couldn't get it to work and you didn't really have much exposed to you to um, in the GUI to tinker around like heavily in the background. So did did you try um, RM minus R star? (laughs) I didn't try that. No. Or don't. <laughs> don't don't say don't say things like that. What does that mean? Just in case anyone suddenly formats their hard disk or something. I think, it, I think it means, from memory. I think it might mean re- remove everything recursively. That's it, right? Yeah. Yep. I don't. I don't think it does anything these days. Oh, I've never don't actually tried it. Try I've been too it out. To try. Nobody try but, it. <laughs> I've done it on a on a working macOS uh, machine, um, which I I knew I was going to reinstall anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, wanted to try it out, and it did actually delete everything. Um, the funny thing <laughs> is, the Mac was still running because everything was in memory, of course. <laughs> um, but then, obviously, when you go to restart it, there's just nothing there. <laughs> so I repeat, do not do what Alan no. just said, just to see what happens. That. And if you do, if you pause the show to go and do it, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> but you can get hold of Alan as Storm Gorelli. <laughs> 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 right then, let's head on over to So the rumours this week Axios, uh, the online publication claim that they have a scoop of Apple delaying some features in the next iOS to focus on addressing performance and quality issues, that'd be nice uh, Software head Craig Ferrigi announced the revised plan to employees at a meeting earlier this month. Supposedly pushed into 2019 are a number of features, including a refresh of the home screen and in-car user interfaces, improvements to core apps like Mail and updates to the picture-taking, photo editing and sharing experiences. Um, okay. <laughs> improvements? That doesn't sound like a big deal. I mean, that sounds like it should be part of the performance and quality issues or so. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Apple have been listening to the uh, the feedback that's been sort of consistent really throughout this year, isn't it? That the software quality is has dipped. Mm. There've been there've been so many bad stories this year, particularly on the security front. Um, it seems like you know people are saying Apple have lost their um, their attention to detail and that they're not not testing enough and they're rushing too much out too early. Mm. And they're going to say, okay, then right, well we'll uh, we'll cut it back. Then we'll give you a. a a so-called snow leopard type release of everything next year then <laughs> I thought he's going to say what are we on now I've got what what are we on Maf- high, Sierra. We? high Sierra High Sierra I was going to say what just like a High Sierra you didn't mention yeah. that one <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, well, Ice Sierra was meant to be, uh, you know, the the Snow Leopard, yeah, w- w- f- equivalent, um, you know, of of what Leopard was. I've got that totally the wrong way around. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, the the it was supposed to be the the kind of point release that that polished all the all the sharp edges off of uh, Sierra, but um, the, they ended up, um, yeah, just <laughs> filing off complete bits. Um, by mistake instead so i think this is a really good thing that they're um uh taking a step back from innovation uh, and uh concentrating on fixing bugs and making things uh, as stable as we come have come to expect them to be well of course we don't know it's true it's just a, a rumor that someone reported who knows but uh yeah I've heard it not just about iOS, but about macOS as well. So uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some truth in it. So that means what? No WWDC this year because there's nothing worth reporting. <laughs> it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because they, they're going to have to introduce some new functionality. Clearly, even Snow Leopard had some major bits of functionality. Actually, when you look back, but um, yeah, but maybe maybe the big news at WWDC this year is going to be that rumored um, change to all the SDKs into Xcode to enable you to. Put, effectively port iOS apps onto the Mac. Maybe that's going to be the big news this year. Um, the way to, to massively increase the amount of software that you can run on your Mac by mm. giving developers an easy way to, to port their apps there. Yeah, like I say, I, I look forward to that. I mean, you know, various Twitter applications come to mind where you have to buy mm. them twice and yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I think that'd be a good thing. Like I say, that was one of my, my wants in 2018. So I'd be quite I mean, if, if I could do Ferrite, for example, on my Mac, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I mean, just having the yeah. big screen, that's what, that's what I mean. But, uh, yeah, I still enjoy laying on the bed, editing the shows after the fact. So, I don't know. It's, it just seems to me that anything they do, if they do this, I can already see some of the stories like Apple are not innovating, they're standing still, blah, 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 blah. The stories write themselves. and. Yeah. And it's and the other tricky thing is if they do have another high Sierra moment where they do okay we're not in, we're not bringing anything big we're just battening down the hatches and making everything secure and then a week after it's released massive security <laughs> always discovered again and then they're on the back foot again we can't have it for two years in a row that would not be good that would not look good even though it doesn't appear to have hurt their earnings and as we reported at the start yeah this could be another way to um to just avoid making some of these changes because everybody has been saying for ages that the ios um, home screen is, is massively out of date like 10 years out of date now mm-hmm. it's always been the same hasn't it a little grid of apps and that's it slightly bigger than it used to be but that's basically it and um people are saying i want you know i want widgets on my home screen i want the ability to lay it out exactly as i want and all that sort of stuff maybe maybe this uh, focus on a on almost like a maintenance release gives them the excuse to delay that yet another year yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, again, we don't know. Can't we? It's only a few months away again now. WWDC. Yeah. Time for it's a remarkably yeah, small time window, isn't it? They, they have very little time any year to to make any software changes of any type, actually, because of this yearly cycle. It turns out there's about two or three months they get in the end to actually write code. Yeah. I mean, this is why they, they, they pulled out of Macworld many years ago because they didn't want to be held to a schedule, and now they've just created a schedule for themselves that that they're sort of stuck in every year. <laughs> It's, it's a weird situation like everyone thinks that some you know come february or march there's sometimes an event but come wwdc there has to be an event and then sometime in in the autumn when the iphone comes up for renewal there's another event so you know they're they're sort of stuck in these cycles and and they can either be courageous and miss them and say no we'll, we'll do it when we're ready because that i think that would be courageous for the company to to do that yeah. Uh, and then suffer the abuse that they get through, through that little thing. But uh, I'm not sure it'd pay off to be truthful because I don't think the average the average user again really cares about some of these issues. They they you know they'll moan about them once they hear them on the BBC and stuff. But other than that, they don't, they don't really care. Most people don't care about security, even though they should. It's just it's just something that. Oh God! Look, the IT guy has said I've got to change my password again, or something. You know, that's just how they they tend to view it. Or why have I got to remember so many passwords? This is ridiculous. Or you know, that's that's why I, I tend to run into a lot. Yeah, I was trying to help my mum out with her passwords because she's she's one of the people. Who says, oh, I've got to got to have a different password for everything and at work. So at home, she says all the same passwords. So I help to understand her password manager. <laughs> and the little pop up that says, you know, do you want us to remember this password? Or do you want us to create a password for you in Safari and Chrome or whatever? Just yeah, just let 
let the system uh, take that out of your head, basically. So having a big book of passwords. Yeah. So that was, that was a challenge. Yeah. I mean, I understand. It can't, I mean, if I didn't have a password manager, like one password, it would be impossible. I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, and Apple's made a lot of uh, good improvements to um, just password manager, basically using it within apps now in recent, um, in recent updates. And in the latest update, in the latest beta update, you can now use the password manager in web views in different apps, such as like the Facebook app or the Twitter app. In their web views, you can use your password manager to autofill forms, which you couldn't do before. So um, they're expanding this password manager throughout the system, mm, which isn't good for uh, uh, one password or LastPass and the other companies. But Yeah, I was just, just going to say, <laughs> I'd like to see them uh, have that sort of access as well. Um, yeah. You know, there's nothing, nothing worse than clicking into a web form in in Facebook and, and getting halfway through it only to find, you know, you've got to log into an account or or fill in a form and you just think, oh, I could do with my one password filling abilities here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, half the time you end up taking the, that web form out into Safari just so that you can. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that's one of the things I really love in, in the iPad these days with them. Um, multitasking and drag and drop because i have uh, one password as my slide over app generally so whenever you see an app like that i just single swipe with my finger up pops one password and um you still have to type in the first few couple of characters of the site you're on or the app you're in but then you see the uh, username and password you now just drag and drop it across into the fields it's like as natural as anything it just takes a second or two yeah that sounds really good yeah i've on my iphone uh, I've i've got a widget called launcher um and i've got one password as a as a app that I can launch from that. So it's a swipe down, click on the app in launcher, launch one password, and it's all copying and pasting. It's it's messy. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to love to see a bit more integration. How did we get the passwords? <laughs> Talk about performance <laughs> and quality issues. Anyway, no matter, no matter. Um, also, a rumor about updates for the home uh, home pod. Apparently, it's going to be handled through the home app as well just like your watches apparently if you go into the home app if the if the home pod needs an update there'll be a little symbol there or something and you'll click on that and that's how you install an update apparently on the home pod and my favorite thing nine to five mac wrote a whole piece a whole piece based on one line from bloomberg uh and it's just one line that sparked the article and it simply read apple is working on at least three updated mac models the custom pro co-process for release as soon as this year including updated laptops and new desktop according to a person familiar with the plan and out of that one line <laughs> nine to five <laughs> mac got a huge story out of it um Many, many paragraphs. Well, well done, you. But uh, yeah, who knew? Apple are going to produce some more Macs. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Well, they I've are heard selling. rumours so. that, um, that they're going to be releasing a new iPhone this year. No. Really? <laughs> you heard it, heard it here first, guys. Oh, that's, that's just shocking. I don't, are you, next, you'll be telling me there'll be a new, a new iPad or something as well this year. Yeah, it's delayed, but it is coming. <laughs> 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 oh dear uh well i think that pretty much wraps up this week's show so we got no we got no reviews this week so you know what that means come on guys we've been a few weeks now we've had no reviews just please if you want to send us a review head on over to itunes or seek out the podcast app on your phone and Sorry, it gets me every time. And and search out Mac and Forth and then just give us some stars or get write us a review and we'd love to read them out on the show. Thank you very much. It all helps us to know that we're doing something that you enjoy here in our little spare bedrooms. Um, that's pretty much it. Another way you can support the show, if you so wish, is our Patreon page. If you want to head on over to Patreon, uh, show is in the sh- a link is in the show description. Just uh, any funding you can give us is greatly appreciated. And thank you once again to all the people who subscribe to us and, and donate to us every month. It's greatly appreciated, as always. I think that's pretty much it. So, this week, lovely gentlemen who are here with me today, where on earth can we get hold of you? Dean, where can we get hold of you, sir? Oh, I'm first. Um... <laughs> I'm shaking <laughs> it up. I've got to remember my Twitter handle now. Yep, um, at CraftyDino on Twitter. Or you can find my app, uh, Crystal Adblock, in the App Store. Good stuff, sir. Uh, Steve? Uh, if you want to read about what beers I'm drinking this week, uh, <laughs> you can find me on Nibs UK. <laughs> and what about if people want to come in and maybe see the HomePod? Uh, yeah, very welcome to. Uh, it's Twilight Zone in uh, Watford. Uh, we're along the St Albans Road in Watford. Uh, website is twilightzone.co.uk. Um, and I occasionally tweet on uh, TZD Watford. Mm-hmm. But that won't be till Friday afternoon, I'm assuming. So That is correct, yeah. 
And even then, it might not come if it's anything like my Amazon deliveries lately. Yes, obviously, yeah. still working along before that. But uh, but yeah, we, Friday morning, see the setup process. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Why have you got have you got ten seconds? I mean, <laughs> supposedly. And Alan, sir, where can we get hold of you? Yeah, over on Twitter, where I'm called Storm Gorelli, all one word. Good stuff, sir. My name's Carl Mann. You can get hold of me on Twitter at Clause01. You can get hold of the show at Mac and Forth. All the other contact details and stuff are in the show description if you want to head down there and have a look and, and click on them. So that's it this week. Next week, as we say, we will, all but one of us, I'm not, I'm not bothered at all, all but one of us apparently will have a home pod to try and demo and uh, should be interesting to see what the panel thinks of it. So until next week, everybody out there, please stay safe and be nice to each other. Bye. 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 Bye.